I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The real stat is a woman wears only 40% of what she owns. So 60% in your wardrobe is a waste. Hi, I'm Kami Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter, where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Hey, Kemi. Hey, Monica. Guess what? I got a really funny DM from a listener last week. A DM? A direct message in my Insta inbox. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought maybe I could read it out and we could provide the answer on the pod as opposed to online. Okay. Hit me. Tangled Thread 4005 writes, Hey, any chance you guys could do an episode on what should go into a girl's closet without the trends? I know it's possible to Google it, but a lot of us want to hear it from you. Dot, dot, dot. Or at least I do. And here she inserts a photo of her closet, which to be totally honest, looks a lot neater than mine. But anyway, she goes on. This one is a big mess. I keep buying stuff and there's still nothing in it. Cheers, Angel. That's so nice. Well, Tangled Thread 4005. It's funny you should ask because this episode is actually going to be full of answers, I suspect. Not only are we going to be interviewing the founders of one of the world's leading secondhand fashion retailers, Vestia Collective, which, by the way, allows you to buy and sell secondhand pieces, designer secondhand pieces. But also, Kemi, I feel like we need to talk about this eternal problem of all of us feeling like there's nothing to wear in our wardrobes. Well, you mean the thing of having a wardrobe full of clothes and eternally thinking, oh, I have nothing to wear. Exactly. And we're kind of clearly missing the mark if this is a problem, a societal problem, because we're buying a lot of stuff, but we're not buying the right stuff. I also think that a lot of us... Well, I've heard a lot lately that Instagram has social media is to blame for this uh -huh. and that it's because girls don't want to repeat outfits on the gram, don't want to be seen wearing the same things two nights in a row, etc, etc. But I think that this problem dates back to way, way, way 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 more before that yeah so do <laughs> that I. was not english I don't no know. but i think that people have been overwhelmed by sort of trends flying at them for a really long time and it's hard to pair it back to the essentials well i think also like women often want to wear something new to feel confident and 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 that's great but what about also training yourself to not need something new to feel confident and on the contrary learning to mix and match the things that you have yeah in different ways so that you're actually playing around with your wardrobe so much better. Exactly. And I'm sort of training myself in that way and trying to really invest in key key pieces. And I have to say, those are what I feel best in. Oh, and speaking of, I wanted to give a shout out to this amazing service called The Restory, which is a website that allows you to repair things that you've previously loved oh, amazing. and owned. Do they come pick up the broken pieces from your house? Yeah, so basically it's a website. You, you can go on it. I think it's therestory.com. I haven't checked. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. But basically you can send anything from a Chanel handbag with a broken chain, a lovely pair of ballet pumps that are all worn down, or I don't know, you have your favorite dress that needs refitting to your body because it's it no longer fits. And actually, I think we so often think of replacing things, buying new ones when rather we've worn something them. rather than repairing. Yeah, so do I. So anyway, note to everyone, think of also repairing the things you love before you start investing, even if it's investing in vintage pieces. That I think it's good to get these... Uh, these new kind of services out there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Check it out. Also, I went to the trouble to properly answer this listener. I was so honored. Oh, so we're going to be fashion agony aunts. Yeah. So I actually wrote down my essential pieces that I could not live without in my wardrobe. Okay. I really thought about this. Go on. Okay. So a perfect suit, preferably in black. 
Admies does a great one. I would say velvet. Oh, I really? love a velvet suit. Yeah. Okay. Where Where's your velvet suit? It's from Ray. Match his own brand. Yeah, Ray is amazing as well. Almost flat, but not quite flat, elegant boots. I think AADA and Bifar are really good for this. Or if you have a bit more budget, Prada are brilliant at boots. A pair of black, gray, white, and dark blue ankle skimming jeans. Not too tight. Higher waisted because it's more flattering. Uh, Gold sign denim are very good at this. Yeah, I think with denim, it's what works for you. I think each person is their favorite style. I'm I'm going for a very mum jeans look at the moment. Yeah, me too. I go through phases, but I think just find what fits you. Yeah, gold sign. I like helmet lang as well. Oh yeah, helmet lang unisex jeans. Yeah, like the 90s ones. Yeah. Pair of slingbacks in a neutral color, probably black to dress up the black jean at night and make your ankles look great. A crisp white shirt, go one size up. You don't want it to be too tight. Where'd you get your shirts from? There's a brand I really like called With Nothing Underneath. I I really like a brand called Pieces of White, which is really good. But I like men's shirts. I like Ralph Lauren. Yeah, no, no, no. A a size small men's shirt can be sometimes even better than... Cost is good for shirts as well. Uniqlo as well. White t-shirts from Current Elliott. Great feel. And tank tops and turtlenecks from a brand that I've just discovered called Frances de Lourdes. Hmm, I've heard of that. Frances de Lourdes in English. It's really chic. Check it out. And they have a great Instagram account as well. Oh, and a bodysuit to wear under the jacket, which because you can separate the jacket from the suit and just wear it with the jeans, right? But then you, you want to wear it in a casual way, a bit open, and you have to have something underneath. Prism bodysuits, really good. I feel like this is Tetris of fashion. We need we yeah. should, we should be providing the maximum amount of outfits you can wear with these combos. Yeah, but wait. So, would you add anything to this? Oh, maybe a piece of statement jewelry, yeah. like from Adigari or Anissa Kermish. I like. I would also add a pair of um, what I like to call city sneakers, things that you wear, like for example, a pair of cool New Balance or Asics trainers. Absolutely necessary. Vija are the sustainable option. Yeah, I wear my New Balance a lot. I have to say, I love a, also a big extra large man coats yes because i think you can wear whatever you want underneath and just throw it on and not be cold and then you can have like a skimpy little mini dress underneath if you're going out or whatever and you're fine even if it's freezing out and that's the last key investment piece potentially the most expensive oh by the way also i really believe in like if you have old jewelry that maybe like your mum gave you or something but and it feels old school you can get it converted into something really new and cool as well like jesse thomas jewelry that her dad's a master goldsmith she's learned his art and she's learned how to do this and she has really cool modern taste but like with all of this stuff you don't you don't need to buy new things not to be preachy. Anyway, one more thing I wanted to tell you on this topic, Kemi, is I met this girl the other day on this visit to London called Catherine Quinn. She's a mm, designer. I've heard of her. She's a brilliant designer and super committed minimalist. She's only worn black for the past eight years. Really? She hasn't worn another color other than black. Gosh, in London, Which is like that is a commitment. Quite extreme. Yeah, yeah. There's already not much light. But she's like totally city. committed and she's super chic. Anyway, she designs in other neutral colors than black um, and everything goes super well together. And she has created city break capsule wardrobes so you can actually buy the whole thing together you don't even have to think about it and everything goes perfectly so there's she's just put out the london one the paris one's coming soon the florence one's coming soon and it's actually all inspired by joan didion's packing list oh i love the packing list should we read it out the packing list yeah yes let's do it i love it let me find it the succinct travel list below, taped inside Joan Didion's closet door in Malibu for many years, consisted of everything the author needed when she set out on assignment. It was printed, along with Didion's own al- analysis of it, in her 1979 collection of nonfiction, The White Album. Here it is. To pack and wear. Two skirts. Two jerseys or leotards. One pullover sweater. Two pairs of shoes. Stockings. Bra. Nightgown. Robe. Slippers. Cigarettes. Bourbon. We forgot the sweaters. We did forget the sweaters. That's so dumb because sweat, cashmere sweater is really important. Very important, yes. Okay, bag with shampoo, toothbrush and paste, basis soap, razor, deodorant, aspirin, prescriptions, tampax, face cream, powder, baby oil. To carry, mohair throw, typewriter. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely don't have those anymore. Two legal pads, pens, files, house key. House key. This is a list, writes Didion, which was taped inside my closet door in Hollywood during those years when I was reporting more or less steadily. The list enabled me to pack without thinking for any piece I was likely to do. Notice the deliberate anonymity of the costume in a skirt, a leotard, stockings. I could pass on either side of the culture. Notice the mohair throw for trunk line flights, i.e. no blankets, and for the motel room in which the air conditioning could not be turned off. I 
Notice the bourbon for the same motel room. Notice the typewriter for the airport coming home. The idea was to turn in the Hertz car, check in, and find an empty bench and start typing the day's notes. It should be clear that this was a list made by someone who prized control, yearned after momentum, someone determined to play her role as if she had the script, heard the cues, knew the narrative. There is on this list one significant omission. One article I needed and never had, a watch. I needed a watch not during the day when I could turn on the car radio or ask someone, but at night in the motel. Quite often, I would ask the desk for the time every half hour or so until finally, embarrassed to ask again, I would call Los Angeles and ask my husband. In other words, I had skirts, jerseys, leotards, pullover sweater, shoes, stockings, bra, nightgown, robe, slippers, cigarettes, bourbon, shampoo, toothbrush, and paste, basis soap, razor, deodorant, aspirin, prescriptions, tampax, face cream, powder, baby oil, mohair throw, typewriter, legal pads, pens, files, and a house key, but I didn't know what time it was. This may be a parable either of my life as a reporter during this period or of the period itself. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? I do love it too. And now for the interview. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Comme ça, Comme, mais ah. sans toucher la bouche. Comme ça. Ça, on veut pas. Ça, c'est oui. Ça, c'est non. Et ça, c'est non. Et ça, c'est non. que là. On y va Yes, let's switch to English. <laughs> so we're here today in London with the founders of Vestiaire Collective, a resale platform, a luxury resale platform, I should say. Thank you so much for joining us today. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Hello, girls. <laughs> Hi. I'm Fanny uh, from Vestiaire, co-founder of the of Vestiaire Collective. I live in Hong Kong. I was uh, part of the marketing brain of the, the company since um, day one. And hi, everyone. I'm Sophie, co-founder based in Paris. I'm a fashion, 100% fashion woman <laughs> in a tech company, but it is my background and uh, it's complementary to Fanny's skills. So let's go straight back to the beginning. You founded Vestiaire des Copines, as it was called then. I remember. Deux Copines. Vestiaire Deux Copines. Yeah. Ah, I remember it badly, but I well, used let's it let's translate that. Hang on. That means um, the friend's wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Not yeah. like yeah. the cast of Friends. Wardrobe. No. wardrobe. Friends <laughs> to share. <laughs> well, it was, it was renamed Vestiaire Collective. When was that? In 2012, 12, yeah, when we decided to open up the business to other markets and actually to the UK, so we kind of figure out very quickly that uh, typing vestiaire de copine on Google for a British girl was kind of impossible, yeah. mm. especially because copine means nothing outside of France. So it was kind of the, the hell name to go uh, global and to grow internationally with. Mm. So we had to go through the painful rebranding stage, but I mean, that was one thing we did wrong at the beginning. First year oh. was not really simple and easier to, to understand. It's still very hard. I'm still... Yeah. This year is a yeah. difficult word. Yeah, it's still, a beautiful yeah. word yeah. though. It's, it's nice. Chic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and everyone kind of calls it bestia. I was proud to find bestia and 
my business partner, another co-founder, find the copine, and I said, but in fashion, we are not copine, friends, you know, it's, it's oh, not no one chic. is friends in fashion. Everybody hates each other. It's not. No. It's not anymore, but maybe in the 90s, that's in what the, it was like. Or yeah. in the 90s. People are much kinder to each other now in fashion. But it was funny because when we changed our name, the community said, oh, why have we lost the copine, etc. Really? Backlash. Backlash from the copine. Yeah, they were really attached to they were we were calling ourselves VDC at some point and they yeah. were like where are the copine the copine are gone and so the beginning of our yeah. community yeah, you know how very, we connect the community between between them and they it was more female yeah. <laughs> uh, community but they, they they were a bit sad and some are still asking where are the copine <laughs> oh yeah but I still feel through my experience on Vistia because I'm a seller and an occasional buyer. There is still something intimate about it, or not intimate, but you do feel like you're making connections with people all over sure. the world. I mean, you price haggle with people, you share your, what you love. Yeah, you can it's, follow people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a true, I mean, it's a true community. It's the, being a community is, is a one pillar of the brand. And we really believe that that brings another em- level of emotion to, to shopping. So yeah, there's behind secondhand, there's story. Every single item has a story. Every single person has a story. So that emotional connection goes above and beyond the e-commerce. Basically. And you yeah. were so ahead of the game because when you founded Vestiaire Collective, so this was 10 years ago in 2009, I don't think circular economy was the buzzword that it is now. No. I mean, <laughs> how difficult was it back then to convince people to sell and buy previously loved luxury goods online? What's the story? Tell us how it all started. I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, sustainability, circular fashion were not buzzwords, but at the same time, I mean, the story being part of the co-founders just opening up their wardrobes and, and finding those amazing pieces that they were not wearing so basically yeah. the stat the real stat is a woman wears only 40% of what she owns so 60% in your wardrobe is a waste and that was your point actually yeah, I'm so scared for Mark to hear this <laughs> this is just adding fuel to the fire <laughs> but you're, you're selling so you don't have that 60% so you're smart but that was the starting yeah. point without calling it circular fashion without calling sustainability it was waste pure waste dying there in your own wardrobe so that was one of the starting points. My starting point was on the other side, looking at your ancestors, basically the fashion bloggers at the time, like 11 years ago, were starting to resell on their blogs individually to kind of fund the next purchase and so on. And I understood, so from a marketing background, that it was the end of ownership. My mom, for example, if I take my own case, she would buy a, a leather jacket and wear it for years and years and treasure it and so on. That time I wanted just to buy a new, a new jacket or a new a new coat every season for example oh that's like such a big thing to say the end of ownership yeah of course it's true though you're right yeah, yeah. and that kind of desire for newness that was fueled by the the, the fast fashion basically mm-hmm. so i kind of came up to that point where okay if those girls are starting to resell i would rather buy from a girl that i look up to or that inspires me rather than simply going to a magazine and 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 looking through looks and and so on which is less real in a way Mm. i started to understand that that kind of community element was also very important the end of ownership on one side the community element on the other side and at the time on the web there was no place you can have those fashion people together you had ebay of course but ebay was everything and anything Concerning eBay, it was uh, something maybe um, that we w- we used eBay, but it was not inspiring. We didn't invent the secondhand industry; it was mm. existing. But probably we modify by pre-love fashion means yeah. we bring emotion. We bring innovation, we bring inspiration and trust that didn't exist. Mm. And probably that's why we disrupt the ecosystem 10 years ago. Yeah. Bringing trust and inspiration. So basically getting rid of the old stigma that were stick to second hand, like was dusty, a bit smelly. Okay, you know, like remember my mom used to say this horrible thing. Forgive me, mom, for saying this, but she used to say vintage. People could have died in those clothes. <laughs> and I was like, no, mom, it's cool. But that yeah, was the perception. Absolutely. That was the perception. 
contraception. And now mm. this is really now it's cool. cool. Yeah. And we erased what we've tried to achieve and is erasing all this old stigma on second hand and make it cool by building different things from our own content, our own editorial, putting pieces and looks that are completely in the now and in the trends, but being with clothes that were from five or two seasons ago and, and creating a brand basically. Vestiaire is first and foremost a brand. Yeah. And so by building that inspiration and, and, and building the trust also, because when you're buying from another individual, and again, back in the days, you can easily get fooled on, on quality and authenticity. So ah. we wanted to... There's a lot of that happening on eBay still yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, still now, yeah, for sure. Because no so. one was there checking that it was yeah. authenticating. Course, you know, I could say my bag is Gucci and you got to... Take it at face value. (laughs) But guys, can we take a step back? Can you tell us about your backgrounds a little bit? And did you study fashion? Where did you grow up? How did you meet? I studied fashion. I'm born in uh, in France, in Champagne. Uh, Then I studied fashion in Paris. And I was studio manager for 15 years. I was in the, uh, from the creation part between the director artistic and and the stylist and the commercial and the production. That's why it was for me maybe easy to build the offer because I was a responsible owner of the, the catalog. How are we going to build the, the photography of the fashion and also for all our quality control and authentication process. It was maybe easier for me to build this uh, this job that, that I came from the traditional industry to put in a digital model, but it's um, it's common jobs. I'm a girl from the South, so raised and born uh, near Montpellier, family of entrepreneurs, so my first touch point with fashion was my in my mother shops when I was young adult or old teenager helping her basically on the ground and then I graduated very classic French background graduated from a business school started my career tiny bit in fashion at uh, John Galliano his own brand back in the days and then I worked for a few years in a home decoration boring sorry company <laughs> and I had give the name no <laughs> <laughs> no but it's something Thing. No, 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 I'm, I'm not okay. proud of that. <laughs> but I mean, it was an amazing Long learning tennis. curve because yeah. I, I mean, I learn marketing basically, uh, not online marketing, but. Uh, <laughs> classic old school marketing um, and it really gave me the, the, the strength to go back to what I love because I wasn't passionate about uh, about my job at the time. Again, learn a lot but uh, not passionate. So when I had my first uh, baby, my two girls back to back, I decided really it was time to go back to my uh, early love and if I wanted to go back to uh, work, I had to feel passionate. I want yeah. absolutely yeah. not wanted to leave my kids at home to go back to a shitty job. So in between the two girls, basically I went back to school. I did EFM L'Institut Français de la Mode. And that's when the whole thing happened. I re- kind of reconnected with the family story, which is being an entrepreneur and launching your own stuff. So that's kind of um, how Vestia came um, came across. One common point we had is probably we were inspired by also our mother, maybe by their aestheticism, mm. you know. Mm. There's something I, I read that <laughs> you said that, and I also was inspiring by by my mother and I, I have something really I stick with the, the the vintage pieces you know from my grandma I think you too and uh, from our mother and I think that's that's the in only pieces in fashion I mean I don't yeah, keep yeah. anything from myself to my girls but I still treasure the alaya yeah. crazy <laughs> denim suit yeah. that my mother yeah. gave me and all this because for me, it was like the 80s, right? Those super powerful women with like it's big shoulders and very like skinny skirts. And I mean, I mean, I, I have that memory in mind of a very strong mother. Yeah, yeah. That I think shaped my who I am and, and the yeah. love for fashion also. And for my son, it was like her, uh, my mother, well, really freedom person, woman, you know, and it's something that I feel when I started in fashion and I started with, uh, I was inspired by Alaya also because I work with the designer of Alaya and there was something really strong in the freedom and it was in the 90s. It's a good uh, good decade also for that and it was really inspiring. But after 15 years in, the, in this industry, I felt a little bit I don't like this word, but bored because it doesn't move a lot. You know, you replicate always Mm. two collections per year, etc. And so it's missing innovation. Mm. And and that's why I was a bit afraid by the digital part when I met Sebastian. um, But 
it was something more disruptive mm. that was missing in the traditional industry. Well, the interesting part also is that obviously back then it was just perceived as boring, but now it's crucial for us to change that system, I think, because as we were saying, and we've said before on this podcast, like we all know that there's an ecological crisis going yeah. on at the moment yeah. and sure. the way we shop and the way we consume things need, that needs to change. So it's yeah. so good that we've got people like you innovating in that field. And in this ecosystem. In this mm. ecosystem, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Maybe we should go into like the definition of what the circular, circular economy, economy is yeah. for our listeners. I feel like everybody like hears that word bounced around a lot and I'm sure you guys could give us a really good definition. Defi definition. And, why it's, <laughs> and why it's important to champion it. I think if you try to look at yeah, what is circular fashion? Basically, it's the understanding of lifespan of an yeah. item from its production to yeah. its end of life. So it's the whole spectrum of that life. And we with Vestia, we're addressing just one piece of that kind of story, which is the ownership. And, and what we're trying to achieve is make every single garment last longer. Because what we prove and what has been proven is by extending just by nine months, nine months, nothing, the lifetime of one one product, you kind of save 30 to 40% of the impact on the planet. So by extending the lifetime of Again, your wardrobe, you kind of act and, and have a very sustainable uh, way, more sustainable behavior. And I think going back to fast fashion, we've been 20 years ago completely badly educated by fast fashion because fast fashion made us move from an era of, if I exaggerated a little bit, it's two seasons a year to now 52 seasons a year. So that, that kind of constant newness has been filled by fast fashion is, is I think, really badly impactful for, for the planet because we consume for I think the stat was compared to 20 years ago we consume and we buy 400% more clothes than yeah. 20 years ago 400% and we wear them yeah, like, six times. Yeah. I think it's the yeah, I think, yeah. Well, we wear 40% of what we own. I think the, the stat is one item is worn on average seven times before it's disregarded. Yeah, that's completely crazy. And I think also the second bad impact and bad thing that fast fashion has brought is that kind of cheap at least not the true value of, of things because when you buy a three pound t-shirt there's someone paying for that t-shirt somewhere in the world so people now don't have the true value of things anymore and what we are trying to achieve with circular fashion is basically educating people to buy less but invest in better quality because when you have a quality product in hands it will last longer across time but across users so you can wear it for seven times and then pass it on to the next um, mm. its next owner so that's the whole mentality of circular fashion less but better quality and and for a higher resale value at the end of the day so the resale industry is growing 1.5 times faster than the fast fashion industry which five years ago maybe none of us could see coming as you were just <laughs> mentioning for example after becoming the richest man in the world briefly in 2015, Amancio Ortega, the founder of Inditex, has been bumped back down to number six. Why do you think resell is on the up and fast fashion isn't necessarily? And do you see this trend continuing? Our mission, again, to educate people to, again, to step away from throwaway fashion. And mm. I'm not talking about Zaha only. I'm talking for all the groups and, and the brands that are throwaway fashion because it's really damaging to, again, be let people think because they just pay peanuts for whatever garment they can throw it away after two three times hopefully with a lot of pedagogy and education people tend to understand that with the same price of fast fashion item you can have a second hand better quality items and you can potentially afford uh, some I don't know mash on or any kind of yeah. affordable luxury Reformation, pieces realization yeah. <laughs> but that have way better quality and that you want to treasure uh, more and to potentially pass on so I think the consumer has, has shifted the mentality has shifted of course fast fashion will still be consumed and it's not completely the end but uh, we are trying at least to again educate people to leave that on the side and, and I think the industry all the industry now is conscious about the environmental impact and probably also the fast fashion now try to improve 
about that. You can find touch point, you know, in boutiques, some boutiques, I won't give the name, but of the, the boutique, but recycle mm-hmm. process. It feels a lot like greenwashing, though, because if you're opening fast fashion companies, stores I, around the world, and you're encouraging people to buy so much, like yeah. it's not yeah. by recycling five things. Yeah. That you're and there's also the whole creation process, which basically they're stealing from designers. Yes, and also, yeah. So that's another... And the people in their factories that are not paid decent wages, so that's, that's also the human cost. I mean, it's but the industry answered to the demand. They wanted uh, more, they wanted uh, faster, so yeah. they produce more and more. So probably we are all responsible. That's why we, we have to go to slow, back to slow fashion. Huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> and what I love about your concept as well is there's also always this background question people were addressing a little bit. I was at the Copenhagen Climate Summit six months ago, which is, well, isn't worrying about sustainability and fashion a sort of concern of the wealthy? I know I bring this up a lot, but there is a good point to be made there, which is like, everyone wants access to fashion. Everyone wants to be part of looking cool. Totally. I suppose on some level, what's really cool about a resale business is that, you know, you can buy into yeah, the... It's affordability at the end of the day, because we yeah. democratize democratization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, fashion, and you can have a very tiny fashion budget but still aspire but to the first thing I bought on Vestiaire de Copine was a pair of Isabelle Marand Deca boots oh, you were oh, wow. yeah. oh my goodness yes was and so I couldn't af- first of yeah, all I couldn't, couldn't afford, afford them yeah. couldn't afford them at that yeah. age like, I must have been maybe 17 yeah. everybody had them at, I wanted them so badly and I couldn't afford them so I went yeah. and looked for a, a second hand pair yeah. and I wore them till they died <laughs> we just released it's it's funny you say that because we just released um, uh, a survey with BCG and actually the one of the results of the survey is to say Seven, I think 71% of the respondents mm. are saying that they buy secondhand because they cannot afford the piece firsthand. So it's a really a recruiting mechanism. And then amongst those 71%, 50, I think it's 56% are saying, you know what, when I have the budget and, and when I, I would love to buy firsthand. So I think secondhand is a great way for people to access brands and to mm. try a brand they, they cannot afford firsthand. And mm. slowly they would bring up and, and getting a bigger budget. They will afford buying firsthand. So it's really a recruiting mechanism. Yeah, so does that create a friendly relationship sure. th- between you and the big fashion houses because you're like creating a gateway customer on and some on level? And on that side, yeah. yes, we are enabling yeah, first-time users to I mean, first-time buyers then to upgrade their purchase to the brands. And mm. on the other side, the, what we prove also in that survey is that the sellers, are the first-hand, first-hand buyers, buyers are second-hand sellers. So basically, yeah. people who shop new, they'll right. continue shopping new but because we exist at some point maybe you're it, what you are you're, you said that you you sell on vestiaire yes I do, do. You buy, and you don't buy in vestiaire Monica's not a big shopper we, we've discussed this before it baffles me she just she's so sustainable she just wears her stuff and that she just you're, you're amazing well, darling, let's like let's address the pink elephant in the room which is that I'm gifted a lot of my clothes yeah but still I've always <laughs> you've, you've always been like this I really admire you for it I find that you're, you're not tempted by and anything and don't have yeah. a tiny wardrobe I mean again my husband is probably laughing hysterically listening to this <laughs> we just had to get a bigger apartment for the oh, wardrobe wow. okay. so okay, okay, okay. <laughs> tiny I have by the, any stretch I have the opposite uh, version actually which is when I relocated to the UK five years ago I my first interview I did was about my wardrobe blah 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 and then the editor came to my bedroom at the time and she was like open up your your wardrobe and show me your stuff and I opened up the wardrobe and she was like ah okay show me the rest <laughs> oh really and I was like what rest like yeah you, you might have like winter stuff and I no 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 it's all here. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but, you know, she couldn't believe that. I you to have more. Yeah. But that's great. But we've just yeah. been talking um, before you guys arrived about how to condense your wardrobe into what you actually want to wear, which, you know, it sounds like you're thinking about that. You are actually right, Cam. I do think about that a lot. I try to move things back into the circular economy yeah, when I'm not wearing them anymore. I do think about that a lot. You know, that in my wardrobe, I only f- five brands. So it's well, really so short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. We really want to know what they are. We must know. You want to know which yes. one? Celine? Wait, wait. Celine or old Celine? Phoebe. Old Celine. Yeah. Saint Laurent, really sure. Saint Laurent, you're right. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> to Saint Laurent today. Now Balenciaga. 
Yeah, mm. I love Balenciaga. After it's some accessories, but it's some from Hermes. No, from Gucci or um, or old vintage pieces. But no, it's less than five. No, acne, 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 and apace, uh, APC. And Chanel? Not really. Really? Oh, I'm a big Chanel vestiaire person. Really? Yeah. All my Chanels are from vestiaire. Really? really? Yeah. All of them, and I absolutely love them. Clothes, accessories, shoes, bags, bags, bags. 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 The shoes I buy them new when I find something I want. I don't buy very many, like much ready to wear from Chanel because it's very expensive. But bags, I find them even more expensive. But I actually think it's really fun to look for one that's unique and that you know that it's It's yours. And I think it adds an element that like treasure hunt element to it adds a little bit of value to going into the store and buying something. Okay, cool, it's new, but you know that other people will have it. Whereas this one, it's really yours. That's why this is so exciting and emotional. It's really a a true behavior. Like members will tell us like I go on the app on a daily base and you know kind of scroll through and have that emotional feeling oh wow mm. what did I miss that kind of FOMO of, and you never know what's gonna what to expect Fine. and yeah, um, yeah and, and some members were telling us it's um, I remember that quote from the UK one girl was telling me it's my daily fashion fix so it's <laughs> as powerful Whoa. as a drug they needed to go through that emotional roller coaster of saying mm. okay, yes it is very emotional yeah. the whole process yeah. without being sort of devil's advocate like is there not an element of contradiction in call it like having that whole new new insection and fueling this thing our constant need for newness if what we're trying to do is encourage people to want less and buy less do you see what I mean you can still be reasonable and, yeah. and make I mean my way of dealing with that because I still I'm like everybody else I still want new stuff uh, every other day but I force myself to I mean I have a personal policy which is one in one out before buying anything I force myself to sell something so I'm always on a positive budget first I like that one in one out yeah, yeah. and it's it's basically also my wardrobe never explodes because I would wear something and and enjoy it, but as soon as I'm I'm done, I will sell it to buy something new. So I'm constantly renewing my my wardrobe without exploding my budget or, or going crazy on consumption. And I think it's a, it's quite a powerful way to to tackle that that issue. Mm. Such a good rule. I I, yeah. I think I might start trying to do that. We should challenge ourselves to do it and see how we go and then talk about it in a few episodes. Should we shake on it? <laughs> Let's shake on it. Okay. Well, the one in one out challenge. <laughs> Let's, Let's speak in a year. We will update you in a few episodes. <laughs> we could do stories about it. Yeah. When you're like on the verge of buying something, I've got to call me. I've got to call you like yeah, like when you're about to text your boyfriend your ex-boyfriend yeah, like Monica. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm about no, to buy no. something. No help me. I don't do that by the way. Look <laughs> No, no, no. I know you don't. I meant in general, like as girls do when they have to text. I, I, my best friend is currently going through a breakup, so she, we, we do the rule. She Nobody has to text me instead of texting. <laughs> Nobody should ever text their ex-boyfriend. Yeah, no texting yeah. exes, please. <laughs> neither, neither husband nor nothing. We are empowered to do our own fashion shopping anytime. If you need to anywhere. go into the past, go for vintage shopping, yeah. okay, people? <laughs> <laughs> not vintage boyfriend. What about the... Because if we are going to talk about the fact that there are trends and stuff, even in the vintage world, can you let us know what people are looking for? What are they searching for on the website? When you talk about vintage, is it secondhand or a real vintage? Real vintage, I think. Oh. A real vintage. Of course, you will always have the iconic pieces from houses, from Le Vuitton, Hermes, Chanel. But now you know that houses are doing re-edition uh, in the collection. Now people are trying to find, uh, look for the original ones. So we saw the saddle we saw for Celine so it was really handy find yeah, the baguette, baguette the Gucci Marmon it's funny on, on the saddle just on this one um, when we launched Vestiaire with uh, back 10 years ago we gathered yeah. 3,000 pieces to stop from the, our network from our network yeah. and <laughs> I sold my saddle bag at the time uh, oh no in jeans. 50 euros <laughs> 50 yeah, euros. Oh no. no. But there was no demand at on what, it. At the it time was, was like uncool. Yeah. But it's Galliano. Yeah, no. On that question, actually, was it hard to get your friends and your network to sell their clothes at the time? Hard? No. No, I mean, we gathered, between the six of us, we gathered 3,000 mm. pieces. Uh, six of you? Yeah. Yeah, we were the six. Six founders, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, oh, ah, I get it. Six, oh, uh, it not only six, six person. women with <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <even> <laughs> <person>. <laughs> Big, big wardrobes. No, no, we called everybody around and yeah. so on. And I think, I mean, on my side, I remember asking my friends and so on. They weren't really sure. They made it for us, so they lend us the pieces and so on. I think they weren't really realizing what 
was it for? And then they yeah. really started understanding when the site was live and so on. But at the beginning, they were a little bit like... But what was difficult is that we wanted at that yes. step... Yeah, we created <laughs> even yeah, in our a friend's wardrobe. Super picky. Yeah. We don't want that. <laughs> Just give no. me the best. <laughs> no, but that was not um, so difficult. And, and what was also amazing is the demand. I mean, immediately we pressed the button, the site was live. And first day, first sale, a Gucci bag of mine was actually a good surprise. But I think the time to market was amazing. And in France, it was kind of a hidden, cool secret. The girls mm. were like, the word of mouth was crazy. Yeah. And uh, and girls were sharing that vestiaire de copine secret and then literally started uh, very organically but very surely so it was a uh, super positive coming back to the um, the saddle bag it was in 2017 i think the the market why it was so hot it's because the, the demand was so uh, strong on second hand then after we saw it in the new collection and i think you know there's something in the second hand market trend that serves to the first hand Mm. that's such a yeah wow yeah. that's so interesting yeah that's probably why they brought it back because it was doing so well on platforms like you if they're yeah. selling them going through and selling and selling and selling why not re-edition the temperature of the second hand is really important today I have a question what was your most searched for item this season I'm very curious about what people search on your website we've done the exercise to yeah. go back I mean <laughs> even not especially this season but beginning of the year was and, and end of last year was the saddle definitely big 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 uh, Um, search uh, at some point it turned to be the baguette and all the logo you know all the yeah, logo, logo mania Dior, and, yeah. Celine the people type designer names yeah directly and now it's really about Bottega oh, the pouch the cassette crazy and the pouch yeah it's insane how that has just exploded well the need for old Celine and the old Celine yeah le, old Celine. when old she left uh, oh, we saw crazy. a boom yeah. Yeah. yeah we saw a boom of our inventory of old Celine and new Celine also I mean we have a funny yeah, story no. which is last season when the show the show was on and basically the next day we replicated the show with the vintage piece of Céline and literally it was a copy and paste the bourgeoise the bourgeoise <laughs> and <laughs> everything sold like in seconds so That's basically crazy. recreating the Céline current collection with vintage super easy and, and at the same time you own the real pieces from the brand from day one And That's such a cool idea also the fact that you don't need to wear new to be yeah. on trend and you yeah, just go course. in and you search for things yeah. that, I love that idea yeah. Yeah. yeah well especially with designers bringing back past yeah, decades yeah. it's <laughs> like guys Yeah, we say in France, uh, la mode est un éternel recommencement, and that's the end of the day, the, the true thing. How would we translate that? The world of fashion is an endless circle, a never-ending yeah. circle. Yeah. An endless yeah. circle. Yeah. yeah. Or it should be, anyway, that's what we're trying to do. No yeah. beginning and no end. Like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff on Vestiaire Collective, and just like rummaging in a store, vintage shopping can sometimes feel a little bit daunting for people who've never done it before, who certainly not very good at it. What would be your tips and tricks for someone who has never really dared to shop something secondhand? Where should they start? I think the tips and, uh, and tricks are whether you know what you want, you set up your alerts. So basically, I was recently looking for Marc Rosberg and like I knew exactly the color, the model and so on. So you set up your alerts and you just first tip is download the app because it's that's where you're going to go yeah. and get going to have your alerts on a, on a uh, second base um, on your phone. So that's when you know what you want. When you don't know and you're more like willing to get inspired, I think the best way to go through it is to follow people. So we are a community of nine, nine million, million members now. Mm. So the aim at the end of the day is to find the girls and the people that inspire you and hopefully have the same size or shoe size as you and through the wardrobe of that girl she could be in Hong Kong in, in Paris in New York whatever but feeling inspired by that person and discovering a wardrobe along the, the days and the months I think is the best way to um, you create your own community yeah. that inspire you it's kind of the Instagram of fashion but yeah. in yeah. a shoppable way and we are launching a lot of new cool features and there's one who's going to launch mid-November which is the news feed basically will empower people to uh, get even more um, updates of 
their own community on the side. So it's really about following the right people and curating your own vestiaire through the vestiaire of, of those different girls in the world. I think we, again, we fit with industries that before vestiaire probably inspired more with our own editorial. And now we, we leave the community do animate their own profile, connect themselves to inspire each others. And it's also now how people shop and leave, you know. There's a lot of cool, amazing girls and famous girls, obviously, on the platform. Yeah. Such as you girls, <laughs> oh. um, but a lot of other <laughs> ones too. <laughs> Probably some people. <laughs> Even more famous, huh? Yeah. I mean, do you have like actresses and stuff? You must. Yes. With no a, name. Very, very, yeah, very one discreet. name because it's, it's obvious and it, it's she's been open with it. It's, it's from back in the days and it's Kim Kardashian. What? No. She's a big buyer. Did you guys see that the Kardashians are launching a resale yeah, platform? Yeah, her own platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she was buyer. And, yeah, and yeah. We have a funny story, yeah. which was, uh, I can say that, right? Yeah, yeah. Long time ago, you know, when on an e-commerce website, you always have to check your transaction. You can have um, credit card fraud and these type of things. Right. Uh, now everything is super automatized and we have all the, the, the system in place. But early in the, in the life of Estia, we used to check that manually. And the person who was checking that was on holiday and <laughs> and uh, one of our founders Christian uh, Christian I love you uh, but it was at the time doing the, the process himself on um, you know to replace the girl who was doing it and one day he came in in the meeting room and was like guys I have a problem I have this we didn't launch the US yet I have this very big order more than 5k coming from uh, LA and the girl has a very weird name she's called Kim Kar Kardashian <laughs> We stop him. <laughs> what? What? Christian. <laughs> 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 Truly, the guy didn't know at the yeah. time. No. 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 He was a tech guy, huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it was such a funny, I mean, that's how we understood. And then we first um, yeah. realized that Kim was ordering on the site. And then we had a... How funny. And if he hadn't... No. I mean, thought her name was weird. You might no. never have realized. Day, on a daily basis, you don't check all the names no. of, of the people on the platform. Her. So, but we know we launch because we we learn about this experience. We learn um, a, a service from for VIP because a lot of women didn't have time, you know, to do by their own how to deposit, to describe, to animate. So we we launch a VIP service. We probably regroup a lot of famous uh, people or journalists or actresses or singers. It's also really just super helpful because <laughs> like a nice smiling person comes to your house. Yeah. And, and manage everything for manages you. Manages everything. Yeah. 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 It was Very useful. good idea. Well, no, but it's a full-time job to sell things. It's, for sure. it's, it takes a lot of time to make sure it's done properly. Uh, why are you smiling? Is what <laughs> when you have does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. When you have a huge wardrobe, I have like, I mean, I do it myself. <laughs> He's obsessed. He's upset. He's addicted to Bestia. <laughs> Monica's husband is addicted yeah, to Bestia. Yeah, that's what you told me. Yeah, <laughs> how come? During the breakfast. Meaning as a, as a buyer or as a seller? I mean, as a seller, but the he sells. He just loves ah, it. Monica's wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He's like on the app, like at Every night. Day. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we are releasing a, a survey for the 10th birthday, which shows, like, we call it selling is the new buying. Yeah. It triggers more, even more endorphins. Endorphins. Yeah. To sell? Because you have that kind of winning the bunch of the bargain and you have like you because I was like you know there's like a VIP service that I'm allowed to use and he was like no 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 I do it myself myself yeah of course anyway authenticators so you guys have experts who yeah. work for you who inspect to make sure that it's a real Chanel yeah. or a real Fendi Baguette or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, how can they tell how do they look at it how do they know it's in our specialist that uh, it was funny because at the beginning when we launched Vestia and we said, okay, we will do trust processes uh, with authentication. I was the expert, but I bought new, you know, and, and I, I didn't know how counterfeit could be so sophisticated, etc. So I quickly understood that I had to bring back the experts in the traditional industry from auction house. Oh, wow. So this morning we had breakfast all together, didn't we? Tell us where and why. Suffragies. Yes. <laughs> Super happy, I think yeah. we are, we're turning 10 and it's the most amazing way to celebrate that birthday to launch our first boutique. So we used to do pop-ups and we did two with Selfridges uh, last year. 
yeah, a little bit more than a year ago. And, and it's the first time we really have a permanent store within Selfridges uh, and permanent ever um, in the life of Vestia. And I think it's, a, it's an achievement for us. It's also being very proud to have our name alongside this huge mm. name, which is Selfridges. And, and I think we share common values, which is we are both uh, in our field disruptors. Uh, innovators and we're also very engaged in sustainability so sharing those two values it felt natural for both of us to engage ourselves in the mission of educating people and 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 having people embrace uh, that circular fashion so very happy uh, yeah. since monday to have our first boutique we sold already yeah my god congratulations <laughs> yeah. yeah i know i bought something <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's you, did. you bought the Saint Laurent yeah. top yeah. Ah. I, bought, I bought a Yves Saint Laurent corset it's ah. really cool. super cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I walked into yeah. breakfast and I was like right I didn't Rare. think I was going to be shopping this morning your size <laughs> and so on perfect yeah I haven't tried it on actually but it's uh, it's my size I told her don't worry just buy it <laughs> no I have don't like, like it I'll buy it off of yeah, you yeah yeah I like very circular it might not work because I have very small boobs but I have a lot of friends that don't have very small boobs and we'll be very happy with it if I don't and I know that so at breakfast I was asking people how it works because I was quite fascinated to know how you buy online at a bricks and mortar store it's like we're going in the opposite direction of what was happening a few years ago so there's these big screens yeah so you put out capsule collections uh, there's I mean there's a selection out on the shop floor and then there's big screens that people can go shop more on which is yeah. not yet shoppable it's for inspiration and for people for to inspiration yeah. okay. for people to understand kind of how large the catalog is and, and okay. so on right now we wanted to focus on, on the physical experience and then there will be uh, along the, the months a lot of new things uh, in the partnership that will be announced uh, but right now it was about yeah embracing and, and letting people embrace um, circular fashion basically and enjoy amazing vintage or, or past season uh, items. We selected, we curated 10 really iconic pieces, vintage pieces uh, from Gucci, uh, Tom Ford period, uh, Montana, Mugler. That was important for us just because that rare exceptional uh, items, pieces from the past decades were interesting to show mm. for in the boutique. But the rest of the, the, the floor, which is uh, I think around 200 uh, items, reflects exactly what we have in the, in, in the inventory of Vestiaire, you know. It's the same experience that when you are at Selfridges, uh, at Vestiaire Collective uh, Boutique and on the, on the site, same mm. inventories, same trends, and you will find a, a new luxury, the streetwear pieces. Uh. It's interesting to, I, what I've noticed in, yeah. we launched, so we open officially on Monday or Wednesday. And what I sold the most is that kind of bourgeoise look. Mm. There's a rail yeah. full of, of kind of this nuance of, of, mm, of beige and, and um, brown and those. Um, yeah, natural, yeah. natural charm. Cool, cool yeah. jacket and so on. And they've sold like The guy's good. Yeah. What can you do? You guys are good too. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming on Fashion of Filter. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.